With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome to this morning's School of the Bible, hosted by the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. I am Apostle Rose White, and I want to welcome all of you that are here listening via the Internet, um, those that are listening through uh, Ustream or those right here on TalkShoe Radio in the chat room. God bless you. We want you to know that we do see you on this morning, and we're so grateful that you thought it not robbery to be here with us on today. Truly, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And he is worthy to be praised. During this particular time this morning, uh, this is when we come in our school of the Bible, a.k.a. many people know it by Sunday school. It's still the same same thing. We're in school. We are studying the word of God. And, uh, you know, we read lots of scriptures. We go through the word of God. Uh, we make no apologies for the word because it is the word in which we have to stand on. It's the word in which we live by. And so we thank and praise the Lord for that. And so with that, we pray that you have come with your Bible, with your pad, with your pen. Know that any time that you go uh, before the presence of the Lord where the word is going forth, you should always come with your Bible. I always recommend that those that are part of the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church also know that I always say come with your pad, come with your pen, because God always has nuggets that he wants to give us uh, through the word of God. There are things in which he wants to say to us, not only corporately, but he speaks to us in an individual mode. And so we pray that today you will receive what God has for you on this morning. Amen. Amen. So before we come forth um, to do a, just a little light teaching here this morning to continue with our study as we study through series, I am going to call forth Pastor Baker if she would open us up this morning in prayer. Amen. Amen. Father, we do thank you this morning. We honor you. We glorify your name. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're about to do. We thank you this morning for the word of God that's getting ready to go forth in power and might and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, Father, we ask this morning that you would search our hearts and our minds and forgive us this morning that we may have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us in this hour. Now, Father, we bind up the hands of the enemy. We bind his plan and purposes this morning over the airways. We command the enemy to be silenced right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask that you would clear the airways this morning, oh God, that all the listeners this morning, Lord, will hear your voice, oh God, and understand, oh God, what it is that the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us this day. Now, Lord, bless the woman of God as she bring forth the word of life. And, Father, we're going to receive it with praise and thanksgiving. And it's in Jesus' name we praise you and we thank you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you so much, Pastor Baker. We just appreciate you so much. Amen. Well, today we are going to be studying um, from the book of Romans. And so we ask that you would turn um, to Romans chapter 2. Um, and we're going to start, and I just want to say that for, for those that are studying the Word of God, you want to read um, throughout this week the entire second chapter of Romans. There's a lot to be said in this particular chapter. But for time's sake, today we are going to be looking at verses 17 through 29, 17 through 29, and uh, I'm going to be uh, reading this in your hearing today from the New King James Version, um, and again, starting with verse 17. And it says, indeed, you are called uh, a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised? If he fulfills the law, judge you who, even with your written code and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise God for the word on today. There is much to be said in these uh, passages of, of Scripture here, and we want to look at verse 13 as our key verse here on this morning, which is verse 13, that says, not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified, King James Version. Um, when I was reading and studying this, um, I went back to, to think about um, Queen Elizabeth. 
you know, and we lots of things is happening even there in England, even to this day, many changes that are taking place in Parliament. Um, but when we go back a little bit in time and do a little study there, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, it is said that when she was a little girl, when she was young, that her father, King George VI, had made a very important statement to her because she would go around and she would say, I'm a princess, and I'm going to do as I please. <laughs> you ever sometimes hear, hear kids say that even now, but she would actually go around and say she was a princess. She spoke that over her life. But something her father told her um, that was profound, and it actually molded her life. And he would tell her and he told her that, yes, you are a princess, and that is why for the rest of your life you will never simply do as you please. <laughs> so she felt that she, because she's a princess that she would, but it's because that she is and shall be, you know, he knew that she couldn't do. When you're at a certain place in life, when you're called to a certain place, there are just you can't do like you want to do. You know, other people can, but you cannot. And so privilege, um, it brings not just honor, you see, or power, gives you, you know, authority, but with certain privileges uh, comes responsibility. When you are given a great task or you have been put in a place, a great place of responsibility, uh, you know, there is, a, a, there is a responsibility for having that privilege to be in that particular place of office. And so the greater the privilege, the greater the responsibility. For those that are leaders that are listening, um, the greater that God has given you the privilege to go forth and to do what he has called you to do, the greater the responsibility. That's why we can't just do like we want to do even though we want to. You know, anybody said that they don't, they lie. Because there are things that we ourselves in the natural that we want to do, but the Holy Spirit puts a little check on the inside and says, hey, you know you can't do that. You know you can't say that. Now you know you can't go over there. You can't do what they do, you know. And at the same time, we know that we can, but because of where God has us and the privilege that he's given us to walk into it, the responsibility is much more greater. And so today's lesson that we're looking at um, gives us a statement about this particular principle. You see, Paul actually reminded the believers um, there of the Jewish background uh, of their high calling that they had. They were guardians of the law of God. And so because they were called to be guardians uh, of the law, of the word, uh, it carried, it brought forth a responsibility, and their responsibility was to be obedient. You see, you and I, we have a great responsibility as well to walk in obedience of what God is saying. It doesn't matter how we think about it or how we feel about it. Um, the whole thing is that we've got to be responsible. We've got to be obedient to what we've been called to do. And so this is a responsibility that they, uh, in that day and time, along with all many other people, they failed to do this. They failed um, that responsibility. And so when we look on Paul, you know, the aims that he had as far as his letter to the church at Rome, um, it was actually to demonstrate that the gospel of God's power for salvation was for not just the Jew, but also for the Gentile. You see, you and I have been grafted in. We've been brought in. We've been adopted here as those Gentiles. 
Uh, and so the power of salvation was for both, Jew and Gentile. But both, guess what? They both failed. You know, we both have failed to submit to the Lord God, you know, who has created us, and he has revealed himself to both Jew and Gentile, despite any claim of advantage that one group might press over the other, because we see that every day. You know, one group over the other says, I have more knowledge or I have more wisdom or I have more of this and that over you, you see. And so the Gentiles at that time, when we look at um, in in uh, the Bible days, that they had not received the special revelation of the law of God that had been given to Israel through Moses. You see, the Gentiles were still fully responsible for their rebellion against God. And so this is because, you know, and we, we literally discussed this um, on last week, how God had sufficiently revealed himself and his will to them in creation. So when we look at Romans 2 as a whole, that second chapter of Romans, uh, Paul turns uh, to Jews to show them the problem of their own situation. You see, the law and the history of Israel, it stood together here in, in the word of God. That actual history showed repeatedly the failures, <clears throat> the failures of, of those who received God's law uh, to keep it. There, there are consequences when we fail to keep God's law. And so any advantage that Israel had in receiving God's law at Sinai, it literally had been, uh, I guess what we could say, uh, squandered, squashed under the feet, whatever you want to call it, squandered through, through disobedience. When we uh, are disobedient to what God is saying, again, you know, it's a slap in his face. It's a slap in God's face uh, because he has given us his word, and we are to follow his word, to walk uh, obedient to his word. And so this realization, it, it could come to the Jews through more than just reading, you know, the history and the scriptures, observing, look, taking a look around, the see right in the world uh, in which they lived in. It demonstrates the same. For you and I, we take a look at what's going on all around us each and every day, observing things. And so many of the Jews of that particular period, they actually regarded um, you know, the, the priestly leadership of the, the temple as being corrupt. It, it was illegitimate. And there was a pressure to actually conform, just like now, you know, people are being pressed to conform to the world system, and they were pressed to conform to the, the, the social norms um, uh, that we can see meant that many Jews, they lived more like their Gentile neighbors. You know, they were living like the heathen. And we see that now. You know, that those that are called to be men and women of God are doing just like the world will do. You know, they, they are partying like it's 1999. They're having no regard um, to the Lord. People don't read the word. They're, they're not praying. They're not speaking the faith of God. And they have chosen rather to suffer or to live their life with the, the world rather than to suffer with Christ and to reign with him. There are many that were religious, you know, many of the Jews at that time that they felt that their generation was better at keeping uh, God's law than even their ancestors, those that, that came before them. And for those who, who thought 
you know, um, these were things that they had to be reminded of. And so we see a lot of that when we go back and look at this, these particular verses on this morning. So beginning at verse 17 here in this particular chapter, it says, Behold, verse 17, thou art called a Jew and resteth in the law and makest thy boast of God. Remember we were talking about last week, talking about boastful people that are, are very boastful. Well, here Paul is addressing uh, a portion of the people or the audience very directly. Paul don't play. Paul did not play. He said what he had to say, and he was very precise about it. He didn't hee-haw about it. He was direct. And so here there was an emphasis on thou, you know, speaking to uh, individual Jewish Christians individually. Say, does a person call himself or herself a Jew as a way of just claiming status as being one of God's people? You know, does that person rely on the law of Moses to establish their standing? Does that person express pride in just being a member of God's people and not part of, you know, the paganism who don't, they, those pagans that they don't know nothing about the true God? You know, saying that I am when really they're not. And so Paul here is beginning to show the confidence that has been literally misplaced. It's been, you know, some stuff has gotten twisted. Some stuff has gotten out of the way. <laughs> and so here we see in history the true membership in God's people has depended upon, you know, more than just belonging to the nation or, or receiving even God's law, even the prophets, you know, Israel's prophets. Here, there was that confidence that was placed in the outward uh, marks of identity. But Paul's words are in line here. Even when we go over to the book of Luke, we see that there are things Paul's writing was in line with what the prophets had spoken very clearly. Even when we look at verse 18, it says, And knoweth his will, and approveth the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. See, the, the description of the person who claims privilege uh, of membership in God's people, it continues. You know, that person has not just uh, uh, received the law, you know, uh, back in that time, receiving that law of Moses, but they also know it well. See, it's one thing to receive something, but it's another thing to fully understand it. You know, they they had been instructed in it on a continual basis. That's one of the things we talk about here, faith cometh by hearing. I love series, teachings of series. Sometimes people get tired of hearing about the same thing over and over again, just in a different way. You know, to some it feels like, sounds like a broken record. But, but faith comes by hearing, I-N-G. That's a continuation. It's what we continue to hear. We can't go on what Big Mama said back when we were little. We can't go on what Uncle 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 Bob said. We've got to go on what we hear every single day on a continual basis. That's what builds our faith. You know, faith cometh by hearing. And so they were continually taught the, the law of Moses on a continual basis. It was nonstop. And as a result of that, you know, that person could clearly describe how God's law uh, provided a better way of living than the ways of those that lived in those pagan nations. They could speak it with authority. They spoke it with clarity, 
There was no wavering, no wondering. There was no doubting. They knew what they were talking about because they had continued to study it. That's why here we believe in studying the word of God. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You're one that knows how to rightly divide the word. It goes much beyond just the surface. We pick up surface stuff, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, having the letter, you know, of the law, but not having the full rhema part, the full understanding, the full dissecting of what the word of God has to say. And so this, again, this particular individual, which has continued to be instructed um, you know, in the word of God, they can endorse even the teachings of God's word, pointing out how far others have strayed from it. That's, those are those people that are part of that, that in-group. Here is why Sunday school is so important. Here is why midweek Bible study is so important. And, and let me just say, uh, here is where prayer meetings are very important. And these, can you believe it, are normally the sessions and the services that most people tend to lack in. They will pack out a conference. They'll pack out a concert. But when it comes to the teachings, where it's continual teachings, these are the ones you have just the very few. And they'll be the same ones that will only be there for Sunday school, only be there for a midweek Bible study, only be where the teaching of God is. Um, and so we are a school. Our ministry is more what you, we call a teaching organism, where we believe in teaching the word of God because we're all students. That includes me. I'm in school every day, and I'll be in school until Jesus calls me home. Hallelujah. And so we grow daily through the word of God, and this is what Paul wanted um, the, the, the children of God to understand. And so verse 19 goes on to say, and art confident, these are the King James Version, that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. Hallelujah. You see, a Jew could, could fairly, I would say, they could claim that, that God had, had called the people of Israel to make him known to the, those pagan nations that were all around them. They were surrounded uh, by people who are ignorant of God. These pagan nations and pagan people, they were filled with all kind of moral corruption. And so it's easy to characterize these particular individuals as being blind. You know, they were, they, we could see that because they, they lived according to uh, immoral lifestyles and they lived uh, uh, worshiping idols and false gods, that they were in total darkness. And it's easy to see one's own knowledge of God's law as the solution, you see. But here, let me just say something very clearly, because as I was looking at this and reading this, sometimes because we can have so much knowledge, and because we can have so much wisdom that we can become arrogant, we really can. It was something that my brother pointed out um, the other day that made it so clearly that even though you may have a lot of knowledge in one thing, if we're not careful, we sometimes can become insensitive to someone else, you see. And so we have to always make sure that we keep an humble heart and that we keep an humble spirit, that we remain coachable and teachable at all times. Because regardless of what we know, 
uh, I truly believe that all that we know is not all that there is to know. And if we're not if we're not humble, arrogance will come up just because of the things that we do know. And we'll begin to forget about the sense of being sensitive to other people. So when forgetting that, that people um that God had to rescue even Israel time and again. Um, from consequences of being disobedient, the Jew can literally begin to imagine that God's chosen people are better than everybody else. Y'all ever met those people? You know, they say they they say they got they're full of the Holy Ghost, and everybody else is just right out here. Unless you're part of their church, unless you're part of their organization, unless you're part of their faith, oop, you is totally out. You're going straight to hell. Uh, there is no option for anything else. You know, you go as the Monopoly game, you go straight to jail. <laughs> Do not pass go. You're going straight to jail. And so, you know, this line of being, uh, having what I consider uh, self-delusion, it actually leads one to become, you know, not a guide of the blind, but one that is a, hip, a, a, a hypocritical blind guide. And these types of people, um, Jesus actually condemned. See, we can so easily become hypocritical, and that's all of us are subject to that. If we're not careful, if we don't remain at the feet of Jesus and constantly depend on the Lord, we will become hypocritical blind guides, thinking that we're all that in several bags of chips. Hallelujah. And so verse 20 goes on to tell us that an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. See, and this argument here is continuing, and it's becoming more obvious that, that Paul is literally describing one who takes a condescending uh, position. And it's something when people are condescending, you know, and when people can look upon you, there are people that can talk down to you. Uh, it's, it's a bad place to be in. And so here is that term that we look at, uh, instructor. This is one that is used especially for those who teach children. You know, it's an implication that is strengthened in the phrase that it says here, a teacher of babes. Hallelujah. And, and how many of you know that, you know, even in the spirit realm, there are those that are babes in Christ. You know, we are, we are children of God. And so here it's talking about the instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having a form of knowledge. Many are very foolish teachers today. We got foolish instructors out here today that are not abiding by the word of God, and they're teaching all kind of foolishness, absolute absurd stuff that's just off the wall. And that's why here we have to understand truth, and we need to know it clearly. We need to know the word of God. But verse 21 says, Thou therefore, which teacheth another, teacheth not thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, Thus I steal. Oh, my goodness. This is some heavy stuff here. And this can cause many to become upset because here Paul is, is describing an individual who claims here now this privilege 
uh, as God's person to point out, uh, you know, a person's failure. Simple critical. <laughs> you know, claiming to be a God, claiming to be a light, claiming to be a, a teacher. And let me say, being a teacher is one thing, but heeding what you're teaching is another. You know, it's it's like night and day because there are many that are teaching, don't you steal? But the thing is, they steal it. You know, they go on the job, they take stuff that they didn't get permission to take. They go into the church, they pull out stuff that they was not given permission to have access to. You know, so it's constantly we're teaching to be honest, to be open, to always tell the truth, but yet they're not following what they preach. And that here is what Paul is saying. Are we practicing what we preach? We say we've got to love everybody, but yet and still we ourselves don't love everybody. We, we might love this one, but yet we don't love another. Are we living what we say that we're living? And so here Paul is asking about stealing, you know. And we can sometimes imagine you ask somebody, well, did you steal that? And folks, not, you know, they just ain't going to come right out and tell you, especially. And the sad part, a lot of times we already know that they stole it. <laughs> but but they're going to tell you right up and down, no, I ain't do that. That wasn't me. You know, I ain't never stole nothing in my life. But we got to keep in mind that being innocent of, of, of theft outwardly is not all there is to the issue. See, Jesus stressed that true righteousness exists on the inside as well on the outside. <laughs> yeah, so, because, see, we, we, you and I, we look at people, we look on the outside, we don't see the inside. And so the law of Moses made the same point, even with the Ten Commandments. The, the last of those Ten Commandments, it was talking about not coveting. You know, not wanting what somebody else has. This is an inward disposition for us. You know, taking, not paying your tithes uh, to the temple when God has, has spoken about that, even over in, in Malachi chapter 3, or being one that fails to support taking care of the poor. See, these were forms, people don't realize it, but these are forms of stealing. It's theft. When we look at, at, in view of what the, the Word of God has to tell us, you see. And so selfishness now, it, it, it constitutes theft from, from, I would say, God's point of view, who now is examining the human heart. Here we look at the heart. God sees the heart. Verse 22 says, Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, does thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, does thou commit sacrilege? See, then here the hypocrisy continues. Here we've got people and things that he's teaching us not to be hypocrites. Those who condemn everything else. Everyone else, you know, condemning the pagan's world of immorality, we need to consider whether our own hearts is, is harboring lust and envy and hatred, you know, things that, that are unholy, unclean, or ungodly. We have to make sure that we're not walking in that are harboring those things in our hearts. See, those who condemn idolatry need to consider whether their behavior is more in line with worship of an idol than devotion to the true God. 
thing. Even as believers, there are times we don't we don't see it, but there are times when we are worshiping idols. Whether it's the house, whether it's the car, whether it's the children, whether it's the spouse, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a job, a position, a title, there comes times when we will worship those things, be more devoted to those things than we are to God. You see, if we have a choice between one or the other, what we put our trust in and what we go to has a lot to, to say about where our trust is. One of the things I, I, I was taught a long, long time ago by a bishop that came in, and he said, you let me check, uh, look at your checkbook or look at your finance records, and I can tell you exactly where your treasures are. Where you spend the most of your money will tell a person exactly where your heart is, you see. And so it is very true because you might find very little as far as going into the house of God, but you'll find the rest of it in all the other things. Either it's all in bills because the person now is overworking to do all the bills or they're doing all the entertainment. They're doing all of the the exercise, all of the other things outside, but here is very little that goes towards doing anything for the kingdom. So here are we abhorring idols. Or are we becoming idol worshipers? Verse 23 says, Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. See, Paul here is, is talking about the dangerous problem directly. That person who is boasting about the law. Here is one who's claiming they've got a special identity. <laughs> they got special privilege because they know the law. You know, you find your, your doctors, your PhDs, you know, your DDs and all kinds of things. Uh, they know the law, so they say. And they boast about it. Yeah, I got 20 degrees hanging up on my wall. But guess what? Many of those are idol worshipers. Many of those that boast of the law don't fully put their trust in the Lord. See? But if knowing does not lead us to obey, it ain't no value. It, it don't matter to a human being how much knowledge that you and I have if we're not abiding by the knowledge that God has given us. See, what do people say? Knowledge is power. My thing, my word is, uh, that's, that's good in itself. But knowledge is power when you apply the knowledge that you have learned. That's when it becomes powerful because you can have lots of stuff on the inside, but if you're not applying any of it, it don't amount to a hill of being, not at all. And so God is not at all honored by the person who knows his word but does not follow it. He's not concerned about that. And so to boast in these things, what we do for ourselves, we're inviting condemnation. And as far as I'm concerned, I want the blessings of the Lord. Amen. I pray that that's where you're at. You want the blessings of the Lord. And so we don't want to walk in condemnation, but we want to walk in God's blessings. So the right response is to make our identity not in what we know, but in what God has done for us. Hallelujah. See, God's people have, have always been God's people. Why? Because of his grace. Not because of their knowledge. Not because of any great accomplishment. It has nothing to do with that. See, to make our stand on God's grace, it leads 
uh, uh, to obedience that reflects uh, our gratitude and, and the dependency on, on Jesus Christ who has saved us. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Verse 24 um, says that for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help us. See, here, hypocrisy among the people of God, it, it brings God's reputation into disrepute among those who don't even follow him. There are so many people today who won't even follow Christ today. Why? Because of us. You know, children of God, people of God, we lie, we steal, we cheat, we do all kinds of stuff. And so there are many people out in the world that say, well, if that's what it takes to become a child of God, I might as well stay over here on this side of the fence. I'm already doing that. (laughs) Ain't nothing new. And so here Israel's calling is to bring light to the nations. You and I are called to be the light of the earth. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We are to be that light that shineth on a hill, not covered, that candle. See, because people are walking in darkness. We're to walk in the light so that others that are in darkness can find their way. We are to bring the flavor, being that salt. And so here in this lesson, Israel's failure to obey God, it creates an excuse for the Gentiles to continue to do what? Reject Israel's God. Our failure to obey God causes other people, family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, church members to totally reject God, to totally not want to have anything to do with the Lord. I, I was reading um, on yesterday as I was looking at a couple of things, and I went to sort of do a little bit of research again, and I had seen this a long time ago, but I went back to look at it again. Um, You know, we've seen many scandals when it comes in ministry, and we know that there are lots of bad things that happen to good people, and all of us are subject to error. But, again, we make no excuses for these types of things. But there was a woman that many people don't always remember. Some may. You see, because we we all have heard of the name and and the scandals that took place with Jim Baker uh, back in 87. We've all heard of Jimmy Swaggart. You know, we've all heard about Ted Haggard. You know, but there was another lady that I saw. And, um, you know, lots of times we don't see her. And her name was Amy Simple McPherson. Um, she was this was this was a long time ago. Um, she was born in eighteen ninety, she died in nineteen forty four. And there was a Broadway music that was titled Scandalous. That's the reason why I think I couldn't really get into the to the show that they had on T V dealing with scandal. We see scandals all the time. And so here was this musical Broadway that came about because of this woman. And it, it was the title, Scandalous, The Life and Trials of Amy Simple McPherson. You know, she was the first media, listen to this, uh, first media superstar evangelist. She had a passion for saving souls, you see. And it, 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 it brought about a passion, though, for making headlines. See, whatever you have a passion for, it can cause your name to become well-known. 
So that passion can be something good or it can be something bad. But what she did, it caused her to make headlines. And, and really, she did. She was divorced, you know, a couple of times. And so there was a, a, a scandalous thing that was taking place during the first half of the 20th century. She was accused of lying. I mean, this lady built a 5,000-seat mega church in Los Angeles. And in 1926, um, she was thought to have drowned even in the Pacific Ocean. Later, it, it's talked about, uh, we're talking about her life, that the rumor came about that she had been kidnapped for $500,000 for a ransom. But all of a sudden, just strange as it might be, she, she showed up. Uh, walking uh, uh, out in the desert, a uh, Mexican desert, you know, they said out in even in, uh, going into Douglas, Arizona, wherever that might be, you know. So she knew, this woman knew how to use the media, and they loved her for it. How many of y'all know that people love scandalous situations? People love to read about stuff that hits the fans. You know, they love the negative. They love the stuff because of the itching ears. And so her followers, those people that followed her, they idolized her, you know. But, of course, many of the Christians, they saw her as a complete embarrassment. So the world today, it enjoys, let me just say, the, the cracks. And the world today looks at the church today as a circus. They are laughing at us. We've become a laughing stock because of all of the things that is taking place with us today. So the same as we saw the publicity that was around this particular woman's life, you know, it is true with regard to many of the leaders today, the things that is happening. This is one of the reasons why we have to be on guard. This is one of the reasons why we intercede in the morning. We are praying for the church leaders. We are praying for the churches. We are praying for our nation as a whole because we've got to get back into right standing so that people will begin to see us as the light. It's so important that we live a life with integrity that will, that will cause the name of Jesus to be lifted up. Verse 25 says, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Did that circumcision that was talked about even in the book of Genesis, chapter 17, this was the sign that God had given to Abraham to show that God had given that man a covenant promise. That's what it represented. And so circumcision is identified. It identified the male members of the people of that covenant. They were bound to obey God's command. They anticipated here the fulfillment of his promises. And so in that respect, circumcision was valuable. It was an important act for the people of Israel. But to receive circumcision, Without keeping the law of God, what, what, what did it do? It made the covenant meaningless. There was, it made it null and void. See, the prophet Jeremiah stressed that genuine circumcision is focused on the inner man, on that inner person. 
and to claim to belong to God on the basis of, of a physical circumcision alone, what does that do? It reduces God to one who cares only about the appearances. See, there, today we have a lot that appear holy but not holy. Even then, we see it, even among the Jewish Christians, even back in the first century when we studied the history. We've got to have that true circumcision of the heart, not having an outward appearance of holiness, but denying that power. We've truly got to be circumcised. Here, we see even the apostles, Paul. You know, the church leaders, they are insisting throughout the scriptures the fulfillment of God's promises in Christ. This means that anybody can belong to God's people. See, there's no longer that physical circumcision, the, the cutting of that foreskin. But here we're talking about the heart, and it goes for all. Verse 26 says, therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteous of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? So to this particular point, Paul uh, has described the, the person who is now, who has claimed membership in God's people but don't follow God's will. Isn't that something? We say we're part, but we're really not. We're not following you know, what God's perfect will is. And so Paul is now describing um, the opposite, the very opposite. Hallelujah. Um, the person who has no claim to membership in God's uh, uh, people but follow God's law, you know, here, we see it's just, it's, it's not just written in the heart. We've got to follow everything that God says in the heart, according to verse 15 following God with our whole heart, doing all that God has called us to do, you know. That is so important. Not just a member of a place, not just a member of a group or an organization, but that we have become a part of Christ. We have become children of God that are walking according to God's law. And we see that it's so important for us on today. Acts Chapter 10 gives a, a good example of this, Cornelius. Everyone remember Cornelius? You know, Cornelius was that, that Roman uh, centurion. And so it tells us in verse 2 of Acts 10 that he was a devout man, one that feared God. And guess what? With all his house, it wasn't just him, but his whole house. They gave much alms to the people, and they prayed to God always. Oh, my goodness. See, he was generous. To the needy, you know, here, which it was so different from those uh, 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 supposedly devout Jews of his day. They were using and walking in tradition. They, they were sidestepping, <laughs> you know, the law of Moses. So if, if an uncircumcised person now, here it is, Cornelius, a person that here it is, he's doing what the law is requiring. But yet still you have others that are supposed to be circumcised, but yet they don't. He is that one that's having the true identity with God's people. He really had the true circumcision. That inward reality is what gives rise to obedience. That's why it's not what, what people say, it's what people do. That's what we look at. What is it that people do? Verse 27 goes on to say, and shall not 
uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee. Who by the letter of circumcision thus transgress the law? See, when Gentiles uh, show obedience to God, they they are showing a, a, a contrast with the lack of, of obedience on the part of many who were in Israel. So when Gentiles follow God's law, even though they don't know him, you know, they what they do? They bring shame on the Jews who claim to know him but fail to obey. You know, that, that's why we have to continue to walk in the light, even though we may not have all the knowledge, we may not have all of this and all of that, but we've got to walk as best as we know how according to the word of God. See, never failing uh, to obey, we've got to always obey, no matter what. So being circumcised, you know, simply belonging to a group, that ain't nothing to that. It has no advantage whatsoever. In fact, it brings a threat of judgment for those who are claiming the identity but don't live by it. It's better to, if you're going to be a heathen, if you're not going to walk upright before God, it's best to just stay out in the world. See, because if you're going to come in and not do according to the word of God, then you can become uh, walking, uh, having a threat of being judged by the Lord. Especially if you're walking in pretense and you're having people to think a thing when it's not that way. Because God, again, he's looking on the heart. Man sees the inside. Verse 28 tells us that clearly. That for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. See, Paul is summing this thing up. Some of those Christians in Rome, they claim special standing. Why? Because of, they were Jews. They could identify. They were born as a Jew. They had that, that long-standing knowledge of God's law. But what had happened is that this reduced some concerns about the outward. See, they were focusing on just that. They were focusing on their identity. They were focusing on their uh, knowledge of the law. But God, who made the world, hallelujah, he knows the inner uh, world of everyone. He knows everything about us. The Bible lets us know he knows even the hairs on our head. He knows the thoughts that we have. He knows what we're about to do uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, in the next hour. And so God here through, his, through the world, through Christ, he is seeking to rule over all people, not just outwardly, but also inwardly. Those who are appearing to belong to God's people outwardly, but they have no inner reality in that regard, they make a mockery of God's authority. And so God is calling you and I today to walk, to walk holy, to walk circumspectly to be righteous, that not just our outside, that we're not just dressed up looking holy. We got on the right attire, the right kind of suit, the right dress. We say the right words. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. I'm blessed and highly favored. We know all the right things to say. But when we are not living accordingly, it's a mockery. So when our outward failures, you know, seem to condemn us, then the inward reality of our readiness to receive God's merciful forgiveness is it, it, what makes us able truly to be part of God's people. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Verse 29 says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Hallelujah. That inner life, that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter. That is what truly controls a person. See, even when we go back and we we look at uh, uh, Cain and we look at that sin that he had uh, and committed against Abel, you know, that that anger that that caused a sinful impulse, you know, the power to to act. Here, remember that that when we anger is a dangerous thing. When we become angry, it'll cause us to do things um, that later that we'll say, oh, my goodness, what in the world happened? But anger, anger is a dangerous thing. It's, it's, it's harmful. That's why we got to watch ourselves, put ourselves in check when we have anger issues because there are things that will even come out of our mouth when we're angry. And you can't take it back because you already said it, you see. So we got sometimes we got to learn how to zip it, learn how to. Just be quiet, because if not, we'll say things that we'll have to repent for later. Even we see the denunciation, you know, of hypocrisy among religious leaders, you know. Here we've got to say, God, help me. Help me not to walk in hypocrisy. Remove out everything hypocritical in my life. That should be our prayer. And the Bible shows us that our, the pride that we have in ourselves, it can literally put on a mask. <laughs> pride will cause you to put on a mask and continue to walk in evilness, you know, because there is that persistent evil that lurks on the inside. And pride just causes us to put on a real good mask. We'll walk around with a mask on. People won't even be able to see. But thank the Lord that today God is calling the, the mask to fall off. Many things are, that were hidden, those things are being exposed today. Things are being seen for what they really are. So we've got to learn now. We've got to begin now. Take the mask off. Be who you are. Be what God has called you to be. And, again, that goes for us all. We've got to walk in the way that God has called us to walk. And so here, God's focus has always been first on the inward man, on the inward life. God, he's looking on, on you know, the, the inward, even though man sees the outward. God's aim has always been to write his word on the hearts of his people. The letter, you know, which is just simply knowing what God has said, that doesn't give anybody any benefits at all. It has no benefit whatsoever. To live otherwise is to care more about what people think than about God's evaluation. I've come to a point in my life where it really doesn't matter what people think. The only thing that really matters is what is it that God has to say about the life of, of his people, about my life. That's what's really important. So to live again. Uh, to live according to how people say that you should live. That can be very dangerous. 
we got to recognize our inner self. We got to surrender our pride, and we got to allow God to create in us new attitudes. We got to allow God to bring us into a place of obedient submission unto Him. Uh, as we're about to close and wind this up. What's on the inside? We used to say that a long time ago in my fiddle call today. What's on the inside worketh on the outside. <laughs> and it is absolutely true. What you really have inside of you, it's going to come out one way or the other. It's going to show itself. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's going to show itself. And I went back and my brother, you know, they're talking about gardening and different things. And I happened to look up the street um, behind. As you look out our, our kitchen door, you can see two houses up, one of our neighbors. And back in the back, he has what is called those, you know, we all familiar with scarecrows. And um, scarecrows, uh, a lot of them, you know, different kinds of scarecrows, but the one that really comes to mind is the ones that stuffed with a whole lot of straw. And what happens? On the outside, if you're walking up the street and you see a scarecrow and a person that sometimes it'll look just like a real person. You know, if you're looking from a distance and you say, oh, let's call that person over there, because the outward looks alive. But guess what? Ain't no life on the inside. It's just as dead as dead can be. And that's what is happening even right now today. There are churches. There are cathedrals. There are temples that today all they are just write out museums. They don't have no life. They're dead. And Jesus criticized the religious leaders over in the book of Matthew, chapter 23 and 28, for appearing outwardly as righteous unto men while being full of hypocrisy and iniquity on the inside. There are Christians who place their faith in religious observances instead of the internal virtues of a living faith. I pray today that you and I will not become that hollow believer, that we will take God, that we will beware of being hollow, just having a phone. And as we close on today, on this morning, God's promise was that all nations, would be blessed through Abraham's seed, that Israel would become a light for the Gentiles. And so uh, although uh, uh, Israel, and we see this through history, even though they proved uh, to be unfaithful, God literally brought his plan to fulfillment through Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus proved faithfulness. And because of his faithfulness, you know, he submitted to death on the cross. Guess what? Taking the punishment of the guilty, fulfilling God's purpose, solving the problem of human failure for both Jews and Gentiles. Glory to God. How great is our failure? The cross shows us. How powerful is God's solution to our failure? The cross, if we look at the cross, it shows us. Today on this communion uh, Sunday, we see the cross in a whole different way. We see the cross in a different manner. Hallelujah. When we look out today at our world that is so chaotic, we are tempted sometimes to, to congratulate ourselves that we, we know God and that we know his word. It's too easy to think something special sometimes about ourselves. But this morning as a and as I began to just sort of meditate a little bit here and to think about this, if there's ever a time that we need to walk in the humility of God, 
and to recognize that, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Lord, without you, I would be just like that ship without a sail. Today, may we never begin to lift ourselves up higher than that that we ought to. May we be mindful always of the pride that can very easily come into our life. Let us not be a people that are judgmental or critical or that we see our life much better than somebody else. We thank God for who we are today, but it's only in him because of who we are. Amen. Let your inward match the outward today. Let's be what we say that we are. Let's walk according to the walk that we say that we're walking. Let us talk the talk and let us walk the walk. If there is anyone that is here today for the very first time and you're here in our time of study before we get ready because we're going to go right into our morning worship hour, we want you to know that this is Communion Sunday. We understand that there are some that may have to leave, but for those that will that will be remaining, we want to be able to go into this morning service, this time of where we're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. We pray that everyone has um, that's going to be here has come. You've got your juice. You've got your bread ready that we can partake of the Lord's Supper. But this is also a time when we've got to examine ourselves today. It's going to be a little bit of a different service. It's not going to be a long service on today. But God is calling us to a place of making sure that our life is right with him. And so even at the end of the school of Bible, if you don't know the Lord, this is the right time that you can come to know him today. And so if you are ready to make uh, a change, if you are ready to declare today some things, then I want you to know it's nothing difficult, it's nothing complicated, it's just a matter of you making a decision. That's what it's all about. And so I want to ask, all over, wherever you are, I want you to just lift your hands. And when we lift our hands, we're saying unto the Lord, I surrender. I surrender my all. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. It's like a good Western movie. When they come up with that gun, the first thing that goes up is our hand. We say we surrender. Today, as you lift your hands before the Lord, I want you to pray this simple prayer after me. Father, I come to you today a sinner. I'm in need of you to save my soul. I have done things my own way. I realize that I need you. Forgive me today of all of my sins. Forgive me of all of my unrighteousness. Forgive me for walking in pride. Forgive me of the wrong thoughts. Today, I bow before you. I acknowledge you today as the Lord and as the Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all my sins. And I believe today that he rose from the grave with all power in his hand. And I confess with my mouth today that Jesus Christ, 
He is the Lord. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit. I receive you, and I thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. We glorify the Lord today. For those of you that pray that prayer, I want you to know that, again, it has nothing to do with a feeling, but it has everything to do with the decision in which you have made. And because you prayed that prayer on today, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Hallelujah with you. And we here at the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church, we are rejoicing as well. And so we do want to ask that now that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to now take it to the next level. And that is becoming a part of a family, having the privilege and walking with that responsibility unto the Lord. And so we ask that you would go to our website, which is www.kogfellowshipchurch.org, and uh, go to the tab that says iChurch, because not only do we have our church without walls for the many of our listeners all across the globe, nationally and internationally, we also have our local church. But for those of you that are in various other parts of the world, you can go to that website, click on the iChurch tab, review the information that is there, and then there is an online form. Fill out that form and submit it over to us. When you click submit, we will be able to get that information, and our pastoral team, our Pastor Baker uh, or myself, we will contact you and to help you to continue your journey as being a new disciple for Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah to God be the glory. We also want to ask that those of you that are here, if for some reason, uh, if our ministry is being a blessing unto you, please send us an email. You can email us at kogfc at outlook.com. Let us know that you have been here with us, that you have been blessed by the ministry. You can also uh, sow a seed just to let us know that you have been blessed and are being blessed. That seed allows us to help to change lives one life at a time. Hallelujah. And we're able to do that by continuing our radio broadcast, being able to stream live, and to be able to continue to work even within the local church. And so we thank and praise the Lord for each and every one of you in your prospective places. Um, I do want to quickly give our announcements before we close out this part of the service that for those of you that do have to leave every day, Monday through Friday, every weekday morning, beginning at 6 o'clock a.m., 5 o'clock Central is our morning matter broadcast right here on TalkShoe. It's the same number that you're dialed in today, but it does have a different meeting ID, which is 140-273-POUND. Please join us every weekday morning. We'd love to be with you as we are taking a powerful journey, been on this journey since the first of the year through the book of Psalms. And God truly is blessing us all one by one. Amen. And then join us back here at the same number, same code that you dialed today for our Disciples Life class. We're all disciples and we're all growing daily. We're also beginning enrollment for our fall semester. Um, at our KLG Bible College and Seminary, we're beginning with phase one of three phases 
the, the Diploma of Theology and Prophetic Ministry. Um, each phase is a one-year program, and for those who are completing all three programs and all three phases, rather, will graduate with their Bachelor's of Theology with the emphasis in prophetic ministry. God is calling us to build and to bring forth the birth out apostles and prophets in the land that will be able to hear the voice of God and to speak clearly and precisely the word of God. Hallelujah. And so contact us and to learn more about our school, you can visit our website at www.kogbiblecollege.net. Again, that's www.biblecollege.net. KOGBibleCollege.net, excuse me. Um, know that in-house financing is available. You can also get the same information from our main website, our church website, that will take you over to the Bible School website. For those that are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week, we do want to wish you all a very happy birthday and a wonderful happy anniversary. I love birthdays, which celebrates new life. Uh, on an individual uh, level, and I give God praise for the wedding anniversary that celebrates continued life together in the beauty of holy matrimony. And so that's our announcement for this morning. Please govern yourselves accordingly. We're going to now prepare for our morning worship. For those of you that do have to leave, again, we want to wish you a blessed, wonderful Sunday morning. We pray that you're going to have a safe and happy 4th of July. Uh, on tomorrow, those that are going to be cooking out, stay safe. Be blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? I'm going home to live with Jesus. Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Oh, won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? I'm going home to live with Jesus. Won't it be grand? Oh, won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? I'm going home to live with Jesus. Won't it be grand? Oh, won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? Won't it be grand? I'm going home to live with Jesus. Won't it be grand? Hallelujah. Won't it be grand? Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Good morning, and God bless you on this wonderful Sunday morning, the first Sunday of July. Amen. It is an awesome time, an awesome time, an awesome time to God be the glory. We want to praise the Lord for each and every one of you that are listening to us this morning, those that are in um, the chat room, those that are online in the studio. We want you to know that we acknowledge your presence. We know that you are there. Those are listening via the Internet. God bless each and every one of you, those that are here even uh, in the local house on this morning. God bless you today. We thank and praise the Lord for all that God is doing, allowing us to see a brand new day, a brand new month. Hallelujah. We're already in July, halfway through the year. My 
the, the time is going by, and so we are very grateful for all of you on today. I'm going to call for Pastor Baker at this time, if she would just um, open us in morning prayer on today. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. We give you glory and honor, praise. Father, we thank you this morning, hallelujah, for your word that have already gone forth. And we thank you this morning for the word continually going forth this morning in power and might and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you this morning for giving us ears to hear what the spirit of the true and the living God is saying. And so, Father, we come before you with a heart of repentance this morning because, Lord, we don't want anything to stand in the way of us receiving in your word today. So forgive us this morning of all our sins and transgressions. Lord, bless us and cleanse us and purge us this morning. We take authority this morning over every distraction in the airways this morning. In the name of Jesus, we bind up the plan and purpose of Satan right now, and we send the mighty word of God through each airway this morning. In the name of Jesus, touch every listener this morning. Cause us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Cause your word to, oh God, take root on the inside of us this morning and bring forth the fruit of righteousness and holiness. Bless our apostle as she bring forth that word this morning. In the precious name of Jesus, let it go forth in power, might, and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that every yoke of bondage of sin shall and must be destroyed this morning because of the power of your word. And we receive it and we redeem it to be so. And it's in Jesus' precious name we praise you and we thank you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, and thank you so much, Pastor Baker. Amen. This Sunday is Communion Sunday. Amen. And uh, we're not going to be before you long, but you know what? It's just a wonderful time of fellowship. I enjoy being with the saints of God. And so we pray that all of you that have joined us on this wonderful Sunday morning, this first Sunday, Communion Sunday, that you come excited, you come pumped up, you are stirred up, you are on fire. Hallelujah for Jesus on this morning. We also pray that you have your juice, that you've got your bread ready, your cracker ready to partake in the Lord's Supper because we're going to immediately um, go right into from a time from a, a word of encouragement today, right into that time of partaking of the Lord's Supper. But before we go into that, we're going to go ahead and give the announcement as we had just shared this with the School of the Bible, the attendees um, that were here with us on this morning. Every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, we do have our morning manner to live by radio broadcast. We are excited about that broadcast because we are taking a journey through the book of Psalms. How many of you know that there are so many people that have been in church for 10, 20, 40, some, all of their lives, but they have never read the entire book of Psalms? They have picked out different parts, and like many of us have, but they've never fully gone through the whole book. And so God has blessed us um, starting in the month of February to start off with Psalms, and it's just getting better and better and better, causing our lives to be changed, to be tra- our minds to be renewed. We're becoming transformed through the reading of God's Word together collectively Every single weekday morning, just one hour, amen, one hour of power in the morning uh, to command our morning and to give God the first fruit of our day. So join us every weekday morning right here on this same station 
here at uh, TalkShoe Radio. The only difference is the meeting ID number is different. It is 140273-POUND. And, you know, and if you, for some reason, forget that, if you're on Facebook, you can watch my Facebook page as I try to make sure I announce that each morning. Um, you can also go to our church website page over on the news uh, tab and be able to get the code from there as well. And then join us right here under the same number, same code, on Wednesday nights as we have our midweek Bible study which is our Disciples Life class. Here is where we are teaching um, the Word of God, and uh, we are thankful because we're all disciples. Each and every day we're all growing. None of us know it all, and so we're all just something at the king's table. We're sitting feasting at his table on the Word of God, asking the Lord to show us which way he would have us to go through the Word of God. So join us on Wednesday night. Also, lastly, we do ask that uh, for those of you that are looking to take things to another level, to grow and to advance in more wisdom and knowledge of God's word. We are now uh, uh, taking enrollment. We have begun enrollment for our fall semester, uh, which begins on next month. So there are three phases, and so we are enrolling in phase one of the three phases for the Diploma of Theology and Prophetic Ministry. Uh, Let me just say very quickly for those that are listening, Because we are school uh, of ministry, a lot of times people come and we've been doing so much for free. But how many of you know the word of God, uh, we have to, we gain and we learn so much. And people will pay $30,000, $40,000, $60,000 a year um, to go to school. And so we too are a school, but you'll never pay that kind of money for for what we teach over here. And it's information that we pray that will be, you will be able to use right now today. It's not just knowledge that is gained um, and stuff and books that's put up on the shelf, but the information our desire is that you will be able to use it immediately on your day-to-day living as disciples of Christ, but also as ministers of the gospel. God has placed a mandate upon us to birth out apostles and prophets in this time and in this season um, that will speak a word of truth, not based on emotion but built from the Spirit of God uh, through the unction of the Holy Ghost. So know that each phase here is a one-year program, so it ain't quick and in a hurry. It's a time period, and we want you to be able to grasp hold of the wisdom and knowledge that comes only through the Word of God. For those who complete all three phases, amen, you'll be graduating with your Bachelor's of Theology with the emphasis in prophetic ministry. That's what it's all about. So don't delay. Go to our school website, which is www.kogbiblecollege.net. We do have in-house financing that is uh, available. Amen. Amen. So that's our announcement for this morning. Please govern yourselves according. And at this time, it is offering time. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. It is offering time. It's always a wonderful time when we can give to the Lord. We can give of our time. We can give of our talent. We can give of our abilities. We can also give of our finances. And Luke says it so clearly. Pastor Baker, we're so thankful for her. She knows it. She tells it. She really tells it. But, you know, it says in Luke 6, 
Uh, verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so we know that whatever you give, you can bank on it. It's going to come right back to you. And one thing is for sure, we cannot outbeat God's giving. Hallelujah. The more we give unto him, the more he gives back to us. And so if you are writing a check on this morning, please make your check out to KOGFC. That's KOGFC, which stands for the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. Uh, For all of our online and radio uh, listeners, you can either mail your checks to us directly at the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. Uh, The address is 337 South Scale Street, Unit D, as in David. That's Reedsville, North Carolina, 27320. Or for your convenience, you can also log on to our uh, church website, and you can click on the online giving button and give there. All contributions are tax deductible. Hallelujah. And so at this particular time, we're going to uh, give uh, unto the Lord, and I want you to lift your offering unto God as a wave offering and just wave it before the Lord, hallelujah, and knowing that God is faithful. He is faithful to his word, and he's going to do. So let's pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I just thank you right now for those that are giving on today. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person, those that desire to give but don't have to give. Oh, God, we ask that you would bless them on today that they will be able to give later, oh, God, if they desire. And, Father, we thank you right now, oh, God, for you destroying the devourer on their behalf, those that are paying in their tithes, those that are being obedient to your word, oh, God, those that are giving unto you, oh, God, that good measure. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you are calling blessings to be uh, run them down, oh, God, that you are calling them to be prosperous in every area of their life. And so, Father, we thank you right now that you are rebuking that devourer, oh, God, that there is nothing in their life that's missing, broken, or lacking. And so we thank you today, oh God, for your givers that are giving cheerfully. They are giving hilariously. They're excited about giving as unto you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and we say amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for this time. We're going to just sing a little song, and we're going to go right into our assignment on this morning. Amen, amen. And I'm going to uh, ask the assistance of Brother John here this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, And we're just going to sing this little simple song, amen, uh, for your hearing on today. God sent his son. They call him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. And if the grace is there to prove, my Savior lives. 
and uh, can't seem to grab hold of the happiness that God has called us to walk into. You know, God is a wonderful God, and we've been talking about so many things over the last couple of months. But uh, God, uh, with his wonderfulness, he wants us to really be able to find true happiness and real happiness. And that happiness only comes through the Lord. Um, Jesus actually said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, let me just make a, a mention here. Don't confuse being poor in spirit with being poor. <laughs> and we're dealing with something totally different now. You know, um, as we were looking uh, yesterday, there was a talk, there was a, actually a poll uh, some time ago uh, back in Money Magazine. And I had looked at this once before, but I was reminded to go back and take a look um, at this poll once again. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. And in that poll, um, it was discovered that folks are happier if um, their family's income, that might sound strange, but it, it said that people are happier when the income is below $30,000 a year. But once they are able to meet their uh, basic material needs, you know, more money uh, doesn't uh, mean that there is more happiness. And so that was real strange because a lot of people say, more money, more money, more money. The more I have, the happier I'll be. Well, that's not necessarily so. We find that lots of people have lots of money, but they're miserable. They're unhappy. They're, they're discontent, you see. And so if a person we do know don't have their basic needs met, it is unlikely that they're going to be happy. Uh, but that doesn't mean that money buys happiness. See, people tend to, to crave more money and more things to restore uh, um, that height of having a good feeling. You know, only to, to seek for the next. Because how I many of you know that sometimes the more you get, the more you want? You get one house, you want a bigger house. You get one car, you want another car. You know, you get one thing, you want something else. You go from one neighborhood to the next neighborhood. You get one job promotion, you're ready for the next promotion. And so it leads people to really, they don't realize that there are various kinds of addictions. And so every time you want a new high, regardless of what that high consists of, it becomes an addiction. And we tend to think addictions is just going to be drugs and alcohol, but addictions can be many different things. And so happiness is not about getting what you want when you want it. It's how you want it. Jesus said that the poor in spirit are happy, not the poor, because we know poor, being impoverished, is it's not something that we're happy about. I understand that very well. You know, I've been there many times that I want to talk about. But if we take a look around us and, and note that people who are absorbed in themselves or those who live life uh, 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 with a what's in it for me kind of attitude, they're not happy people. They're not even nice people, let's truth be told. <laughs> Amen. But happy people are those who have learned to give themselves to others. See, happiness begins with the spirit of humility. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm just so grateful and I'm so thankful, you know, that every day we're learning more about humility. 
We are so thankful for even the members that are part of this church that have such a spirit of humility. I can't even begin to tell you. You know, a lot of times I reflect uh, back to those that are part of the ministry because they truly have uh, that spirit of humbleness, you see. And being poor in spirit, again, it includes humility, but it's even deeper than that. Those who are poor in spirit, they've got a, a correct estimate of just who they are. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, Paul went on to, to speak about humility even also in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Y'all see that he said through Christ. It's not through himself. So Paul was open. He was honest about his strengths. Please know that, that those who are poor in spirit, they're humble. They're honest about their strengths. We've got to be honest about ours. We can't make ourselves appear to be strong in a thing when we're not. You know, I go back to, to, to remember a lot of times Pastor Baker would say, well, you know what, I'm not strong in this particular area. You know, I'm strong over here, but I'm not strong in that. And sometimes we have to look at the fact that this is not this is not where I'm real good at. This is not where my strength is, and so I'm going to stay in my lane. I ain't trying to go over there because I know I ain't strong in it. That's what God wants for us today, to be honest even about our weaknesses. And most of all, you know, people that have that humble spirit are totally and completely dependent upon the Lord. We're not relying in ourselves because we know that we can't do nothing of ourselves. It's only through Christ. Luke chapter 18, when we look at verses 9 through 14, and I ask that you please take a note of that so that you can begin to to review this uh, and see this even in your personal time of devotion and to read prayerfully what this has to say. Um, But Luke chapter 18 and uh, I'm going to quickly just go through this here real quickly in our hearing, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, oh, so he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men uh, went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other meat extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give time of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing above
<laughs> amen, amen. Well, we are back on. I pray that everybody is able to get back on. Amen. Uh, <laughs> amen, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord so you can hear me now. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to continue. Hallelujah. Praise oh, God. Amen. We know that the enemy hates when the word of God huh. is going forth, but mm-hmm. we are coming mm-hmm. on to the of the Lord. Amen. 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 So we ask that everybody go ahead and go back to mute. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to continue, and this is our our time that we're going to spend with the Lord, no matter what the enemy may try to throw in our way. Only the strong survive. <laughs> Hallelujah. But as we were talking about, based on Luke chapter 18, here we see that um, those two people, and for those that are in school of the Bible, uh, remember that teaching that we had done about these two particular people. Uh, one represented pride and self-righteousness, while the other, um, we see that um, they represented humility. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. And so we thank God for those of you that are letting me know that you're able to hear. To God be the glory. And so those who are poor in spirit don't have a false or a, a built-up sense of worth. See, they know their weaknesses. They have a broken spirit. Uh, Psalms chapter 51, verse 17 uh, reads that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh, God, thou wilt not despise. And so in short, the poor uh, in spirit understand that when it comes to spiritual things, they are totally dependent upon God. See, we can't come to Christ without this, you know, great sense of need. And so in in closing on this morning, as we are preparing uh, for our communion Sunday, we've come to a a spiritual banquet, you know, that has been provided completely and totally by God. And there is, even there was an old hymn back in the day that was titled Rock of Ages. That that third verse uh, says, nothing in my head I break simply to the cross I clean, naked, come to thee for dress, helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there is nothing greater than the Lord. And it is through Jesus Christ and his love for us that causes us to have the true happiness. You see, right now that the Lord wants us to be a happy people, and he wants us to understand the beauty of real happiness. God does not want us going through life, you know, just miserable and down in the dumps all the time, but to be able to walk in that place where there is true happiness on the inside that only God can give. There is nothing that we do even to contribute to our salvation. It's God. And it's God alone who saves us. And so we call even to the Lord our God, our Heavenly Father, with that that low spirit, that humble spirit, abiding in him with that attitude of gratitude. 
And when we look at John chapter 15, as we are preparing to go into a time of partaking of the Lord's Supper, I want you to look at that with me for just a quick moment. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. The word tells us, says, I am the true vine, and my my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, hallelujah, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. I want you to know that happiness begins with the recognition of our total dependence upon the Lord. We see that here in this writing. My my dependence has nothing to do with my bank account, especially if, you know, if you look at where we are today. For many of us, if it was based on that, we'd all be, be miserable souls, you see. But it has nothing to do with the material. It has nothing to do with anything other than the Lord. And God, our trust in here, our dependence in him, our alliance and reliance upon the Lord brings us that real, true, pure happiness. Are you ready to take that first step toward happiness today? If you are listening and you are here with us for the very first time, And you may be coming at a time in which you are broken. You may be coming here and listening today at a time when it feels like everything in your life is just broken down. All hell has just broken loose. You know, it seems to feel like everything that could come against you has done that. I want you to know that today God is saying he wants to turn that around. God wants to cause you to walk into a place of happiness that only he gives. Hallelujah. And so today, I want you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, because that's where it begins. It begins with your uh, acknowledgement of just who Jesus is. Hallelujah. And so where you at, I ask that you would first pray this prayer with me to come to know Jesus Christ, because we want to take some time You know, because the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. And before we partake of the Lord's Supper, we got to make sure that we've got some things right before the Lord. 
And the very first thing that we need to do is to make sure that we are believers in Jesus, that we have accepted him as our Lord and as our Savior. And so if you are not saved and don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, for those of you, secondly, that desire to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, that you can be led by the Spirit of God, then I'm here to pray with you right now and that we are standing in the gap on your behalf on today. I just want you to lift your hands, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you today in total surrender, surrendering my all unto you. I ask right now that you forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all unrighteousness. Cleanse me today with your cleansing blood. Forgive me for the times that I chose not to live right. Forgive me for not having faith. Forgive me for not believing in you. This day, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross. He died for my sins, and that he rose again with all power in his hands. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, he is the Lord. He is the King of kings. I ask now that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please help me to speak in the new tongue. Oh, God, this day, help me to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. I receive you now, and I thank you for receiving me and fulfilling me with your spirit. I receive it as that free gift that you have promised unto me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you made a a wonderful decision. You made the best decision you could have ever made. And because of that decision that you have made, the angels are rejoicing. We are rejoicing. That was the right decision. And because of that, God is faithful to his word. Remember that receiving even the spirit of God is not about an emotion. Many times we are taught different things. But the Holy Spirit, the receiving of the Holy Ghost is a gift. It's a matter of your receiving. And it's a matter of you yielding yourself and yielding your member over unto the Lord. And as you receive of him and you yield yourself over to him, he is already there. He is right in your mouth. Hallelujah. And so we want to help you to continue with the decision in which you have made. And you do need to take it to a whole nother level, and that is through um, uh, becoming a part of a body of believers, um, becoming a member of a church, a working organism, not just having your name on the roll, but becoming an active member. And I love to see people active. Amen. And so we pray that you have found, if you have not found a local body um, there in your local area, that we welcome you even to become a part with us. And uh, we have our local house, our local church here, our local assembly in our local area, but we also have our church without walls, and we pray to be able to touch your life and the life of your family and all of those across the globe. And so you're able to do that by going to our website, which is www.kogfellowshipchurch.org. You can click on the iChurch tab. And under that tab, you will find more information about our ministry, about our church, 
Um, and there is also another prayer or declaration that is there. And then there's an online form that all you need to do is fill that form out. And the moment you click submit, we will get that form. And within a, a day, uh, we will be contacting you. It would either be Pastor Baker or myself. Um, and we will contact you, pray with you, uh, and help you along your journey. Amen. We are going to be starting a local uh, new members class as well as um, an online new members class for those that are choosing membership. Membership does have benefits. And so don't be a wanderer. Don't be wandering around. You need to become connected with a house. Amen. That where you have uh, pastors that will cover you. Pray for you, stand with you, amen, through the good, the bad, and even the indifferent, amen. We love you. We appreciate you. For all others that are here, before we get ready uh, to go into our partaking of the Lord's Supper, we want to pray for those um, that are here that may have gone into a a place where um, a backslidden state. And if that is you on today, we're going to pray for you. God wants us to truly examine ourselves on today and to make sure that everything on the inside is right. You know, God loves you. God loves us so. He shed his his blood on the cross. And God wants you to be encouraged today and to know that he is a restorer. He is a deliverer. Amen. And today is your day. I just want to pray for you on today. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Father. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray for each of these, your people, on today. Father, we stand in the gap on their behalf, and we ask right now that you would restore everything that has been taken away. Restore everything and mend everything that has been broken. We ask that you would heal that broken heart right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask that you would comfort them today, oh God, and that they will be brought back into that right relationship with you. Father, we thank you right now for delivering. We thank you right now for giving joy. We thank you right now for your peace. We thank you right now for your love. And, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless every man, every woman, every household, every family that is represented here on today, that their lives will be changed, that their minds will be made new, that everything about them will be made whole. On this day, we completely and totally stand in the gap. We stand with them, praying with them and for them on this day, that this is the beginning of a brand new life for them. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. He is so good. And so we pray that you have come. Now we ask that you would get your juice that you would get your bread ready, amen, as we are about uh, to partake in the Lord's Supper. Hallelujah. Going to just sing a little song. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says, the blood that Jesus shed for me. I already know. Way back. On Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose 
dead, yes, he does, and his throne to the Lord in valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose, it will never lose, it will never lose, it's Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As the Word of God says, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you know, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood, body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may be condemned with the world. Today, as we have come and as we have prayed the prayer on today, we're coming before the Lord to partake of his supper. Because as often as we do this, you know, we are remembering Christ. We are remembering all that he did for us on the cross. It was because of his love for us that he died on the cross, giving us a right to the tree of life. And so today we know it was the blood. Hallelujah. We know it was the blood. Hallelujah. That Jesus shed for us. Amen. For I received from the Lord, as the word tells us in the 23rd verse of the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, took, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. ask that you go ahead. Let's eat together. Hallelujah. In the same manner, lift your cups before the Lord. He took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Till he comes, let's drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless the Lord on today because we have had this opportunity with you on this morning to partake in the Lord's Supper, to remember all that he has done for us. And even the word does not give where they had a, a benediction. But they went out rejoicing. Hallelujah. They went out singing songs of Zion, giving God praise, glory, and honor that is due unto him. And so for those of you on this morning, we want you to know that this concludes our morning Sunday worship service together. 
We are praying that you're going to have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday the rest of the day, that tomorrow, your 4th of July, is going to be a day of fun. You're going to enjoy family together. We just love you so, and we look forward to being back with you on next Sunday. For those that can join us in the morning, we know it's the 4th of July, but morning now is still going forward. Amen. And so we're looking forward to those that are going to join us in the morning and those that can at one of our other upcoming services. Amen. God bless you on today. Hallelujah. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.